0: Everybody out there, and welcome to Vox Singing Academy's video podcast number 28. And today we're we'll going to be discussing the subject about vocal nodules, but before we get stuck into that, if you like this channel, please subscribe below and you'll get notifications. You can keep up with both of us on Facebook. Uh, we are also on Instagram as well too, so check out for any um, any updates and new videos on both of our YouTube channels and Instagram as well too. Today I have a very special guest doing a couple of podcasts with us today. It's uh, Natalia M- Mihalak.
1: How, how do
0: you say your last name? Mihalak. Mihalak. Um, Natalia is a very, very talented person. Uh, your own original project, Paper Girl. Um, you're multi instrumentalist. You're, you're a producer. You've written with numer- and collaborated with numerous people here in Australia and also in Europe. You're bilingual. You speak Polish, English, French, Korean, and Australian. <laughs> you're a dancer a dance teacher you have a BA in management and you're a vocal teacher of a Vox singing Academy but we're going to talk today about vocal nodules the reason being it is it is uh, a question that I get asked a little bit about I do more rehab with uh, people with vocal nodules more so than people uh, I've had no none of my students develop them developed nodules that I've known of in, in my career, but I've worked with a lot of rehab and rehabbing uh, people that have had them. But it's very interesting that you had them and you developed them from a very early age, uh, from the age of 13. So I'm gonna probably just let you lead off and, and just tell us how you um, think that you developed vocal nodules. And then I'm gonna alter a little bit about the difference between a nodule, and how you about what you had and what was the nodule? Yeah. With a nodule, and um, what we want to do. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, as we don't want to develop nodules in the first place, but tell us a little bit about how you developed them, Natalia. Well.
1: Yes, so <coughs> that was when I was young, and it was because I was in multiple musical projects.
0: So you were thirteen when yes. they developed. So you're yeah. obviously singing before that, from you know an yeah, early yeah. age, ten. Earlier. Earlier. <laughs> <Six>. Yeah. <laughs> but they would have developed at least one started to develop one or two years beforehand.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, most likely, because most likely it was just (coughs) bad technique and vocal fatigue. At that time I was doing two schools simultaneously. So I would go to regular school and after school at 3 p.m. I would go to second school where I would sit down until like 8 p.m. and after that I would go to studio to record songs and it was just vocal fatigue. Um, I had to sing because my voice always has been very high so I would get like really high parts that I would have to sing on the recording, <laughs> yeah. like I wanted to, I wanted to sing them really, really well and multiple takes. And you know, it's just when you finish in studio around 1am or 2am 2, 2 and then go home, sleep and the next day the same thing. Um, it's very easy, I think, to over by yourself.
0: So were you writing your own songs back then, recording no, we, your own we, songs? we
1: were recording <coughs> covers. We're recording um, covers? Um, yeah.
0: And were you also singing at school as well, too?
1: Yes, of course, like in the regular school and then in the music school that I was doing after hours. Oh, wow. After Yeah, See? so in the music school we would have choir, we would have solfa lessons and
0: yeah.
1: There we go. I mean, uh, it was a lot and my technique was not great. Yeah. Um, I think by that time I I didn't really have contemporary singing lessons. I was just singing everywhere and I knew how to do it. I had good hearing. Ever since I was four. Yeah. Like when I watched those videos, I was singing in pitch already. Yeah. So that was um it was easy for me to start. Yeah. But then when the nodules started, um that that just cracked my whole career because um getting rid of nodules took me another 6 years. There was like coming going coming going right. yeah <clears throat> first nodules the the ones i go when i was 13 i completely lost my voice so I was like a fish i was just moving my mouth but no would come out
0: yeah natalia do you know if you had uh did you have a, a single nodule or did you have dual nodules because sometimes you get dual nodules where you have one develops on one chord, then it starts to irritate the other and you other develop two. It sounds yeah, like, and you they go right like two. Yeah.
1: <coughs> I had to oh it's just, you know, because it's been many years and so so much rehab. And it's been a long time ago. I can't tell what was first. But there was a time when I had like really big single nodule.
0: Yeah.
1: And there was a time when I had like two overlapping on two vocal cords.
0: Yeah. Um, Natala, just just to let the the listeners know, you're in your late twenties now, aren't you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> just just to just to let, yeah, let, me, let let everyone know that it's
1: been a while since I had nodules.
0: Yes. Okay. All right. Now you're it, so you said it took six years before it completely went away. That's a, that's a long long because,
1: time. Because um, there was a the time when I um, developed. Um, Interest in rock music, so I started hitting rock scene, singing rock stuff, still without good technique, and still coping. You know, going to Nodules rehab. I would do that for let's say a month. Let's uh, usually it was like three weeks, then a month break, another three weeks, another another month break. I would go for checkups. They would send me again for the rehab, and then after that, I would I would join the band again and start performing or go or for two weeks of singing uh, camp, you know, rock singing.
0: So you're saying that as soon as your voice got better, you started singing again? Yeah,
1: and then it was going down the track again. On <laughs> uh, those vocal camps, I would lose my voice. And I remember there was a time when a very, very famous lady came <coughs> uh, to assess our singing, a lady from TV. And, and she said that I've got something special in my singing and I could really have a career of that but um, I was the worst sounding when she came. That was the moment when my voice was just about to go completely away, and every, every other girl was singing. When I came to Mike, I was like, pretty much just husky, yelling. <laughs> it was horrible, but she still said that my delivery of the message was really good. <laughs> oh.
0: we, we just have to reiterate here that is that when you lose your vocal cords, uh, your, your voice, all together like Natalia did. The nodules are that big that they're basically not allowing the vocal cords to vibrate together, so they're going ah. So there's like a, they're, they're... well I'll just explain a, a little bit about what a nodule is. A nodule is is, is a buildup of harder skin on the vocal cords that is developed from abuse from the vocal cord hitting that one particular spot and it's exactly the same as if you're working in the garden and without any gloves, uh, and, and you develop um, your hands where, where you're uh, working a lot. It's the exact same as a the vocal enlargement. It's That's a there is very There's a nodule which are built up over time, and a hemorrhage. There is a thing called a callus as well too, and callus is is basically. The same as, as a nodule, but generally over a bigger period of the vocal cord, so it would nearly stretch over half the vocal cord, not in the extent of what a nodule is. A nodule actually sticks out like a wart. Yep. Let's just let's just call a nodule a wart. A callus means that the <clears throat> the vocal cord is generally damaged and would heal up again, and the vocal cord would heal nearly hard. It would callus, callus over, so it would be hard, and the vocal cord wouldn't, doesn't vibrate. Uh, as well as what it should, and that and vibrates, as a healthy vocal cords vibrate very uh, frequently and, and very uh, uh, fluently, and if you've got a callus, it won't, so you'll get, a, you'll get a different tone. So that's what a callus is, and it's, that's the least, um, <clears throat> the least, uh, I wanna say popular one, but the one that's that's not developed as much. Generally, it'd be a, a nodule, the number one one, or, or a hemorrhage. Um, that, that's basically a run through of, of very quickly what uh, the, the m- most common vocal disorders are. Now, your, can you tell us a little bit about your, your rehabilitation, Natalia, because you did something that's a little, what I think is a little bit unorthodox for what we do here, um, in, in Australia. <clears throat>
1: yeah. Um. I think it's not very, I, I don't think it, this treatment exists here, but in in Poland it's called iontophoresis and it's pretty much they put electrodes on two sides of your throat and they wrap it with with a band-aid bandage bandage yeah, yeah. and then Natalia
0: yeah. can you actually can you actually it takes me that, because I'm going to put a link into that word that you said there, yes, what, yes. what this treatment is, yes. just in case someone wants to look at, look, yeah. look for it.
1: Yeah, so they, they insert calcium into your throat and medication through electrical current. So it just runs from one plate to the other plate, and you can actually feel that sensation. You can feel that metal and that current going <laughs> in your throat. Wow! And this is how how it reduces. It reduces a little bit by little bit. So, I don't know how long I would have to rest to get rid of those big nodules. And thanks to that, you know, sometimes it was just three weeks, two week break, another three weeks, and it was completely gone. You know? You're
0: saying that you're doing this every day, Natalia? Yeah, I would <coughs> go for every three day. weeks. Yeah. And during that time, no singing and speaking during that time.
1: I don't really remember. I know I've been constantly doing music and constantly talking and singing, so I don't think I rested much.
0: Wow. Okay. That's
1: kind of my temper. (laughs) There
0: we go. There we go. Yeah, because I know that before we recorded this, you said you rested for about one week. Yeah. Like, of of course, when I was losing
1: voice, or I completely lost it. Yes. Then I would end up with the doctors and they would say, oh, just don't talk, you know, yeah. and I would rest it. But I constantly promise myself that I will rest and I never really get yeah.
0: it. Yeah. Just on the subject of that, um, with with speaking and singing, we're using the same vocal cords. So right here, let it be, I'm using the same vocal cords that I am to sing as what I am to speak. So. Yeah. Um, vocal rest, if, if someone says that you must have vocal rest, that means also speaking as well too. So, um, not speaking um, or singing, but obviously singing puts more strain on the vocal cords because you have to make them run, yeah, for extended periods of time, more so than yeah. da da da. we're just sort of tapping on the vocal cords to speak. Um,
1: <clears throat> so there are some people who say that speaking actually is more harmful. And um, this is just what I found out through that nodules history, that when you're speaking, but you but you pay attention to change pitch, mm. you know, then it's kind of resting. Then then it's okay. Mm. But if you constantly speak here, and when you have nodules, your tone changes. You sound really low, really husky. You sound really unhealthy. And if you sit down there and constantly speak like that, mm. this is not the most comfortable thing for you to do. But that's gonna really really tire your vocal
0: cords. It depends where the nodule is as well too. Like I know I've I've had some some rehab people with a know the nodules been a little bit higher. So they've gone ah, uh, uh, like that. Oh this is
1: this is what I had, yes. Yeah, so there's a gap. <clears throat> but what I'm saying is just when you talk, talk higher. Yeah. Not not that high where you have the gap yep. in your voice, but just higher, N- don't talk here because mm. this is what I've been doing for years and that was probably the worst thing I could do to mm. my
0: throat. One tip that I can say for anyone out there that 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 has got even a tired voice from speaking, and I um, deal with a lot of musicians, and a lot of musicians are, are, are telemarketers or working in also in bars as well, too. Um, so they're getting tired voices. So one of the things that I do is I always try to um, speak melodically so if I I might start down low here then I'll come up here especially in classes so I try to stay animated so I'm always going up and down when I'm speaking not keeping at one pitch because if I speak like this all day long this part of my voice is going to get tired um, more so than um, the whole of my voice taking the um, the workload. So I'm really spreading out the workload when I'm, I'm speaking. Um, and it's something that I really uh, encourage every singer to do, especially if you're a telemarketer um, or if you're working behind, uh, behind a bar. Um, you know, alter your pitch, so bring it up here instead of bring it down, um, especially if you're a telemarketer or, or anyone, a, a coach, um, a lecturer, um, a personal trainer that, that's using your voice, um, same. Everything the same, but also mainly using your diaphragm. Make sure that you know if you're speaking, breathe through your stomach and try to firm up your stomach as well to keep keep your core working even with your speaking as well too. It's when you sort of start to sit like this and really relax, where there's no support, and I really have to now start to work my voice to get this volume happening. So just having a relatively straight posture um, and and activating your diaphragm is very uh, very important because as we know, if if you don't get enough sleep and you're are tired, and you've spoken the whole day. Your voice will be your voice will be tired. So yes. It'll be the first thing that goes. And your voice is, is an emotional extension of of uh, it's a, it's an extension of your emotions So if you're tired, your voice will be down here. If you're angry, your voice will be like this. If you're happy, you know. So your voice will express the emotions. So it's very very um, important. Back to your rehab. Was there anything else you did? did so did you basically just do this on and off for six years until until it subsided?
1: Yeah, there was a gap in in between I think of a year and a half when I had no troubles with my voice. Yep. And it was alright. Okay. And I thought the just were gone forever, but they they came back later on, yeah. So it was it was just this, I am to for many, many years.
0: Okay. Is there anything else that you want to say? Is there any tips? I think
1: just last seven years, I didn't have them. And this is the technique. You know, just improving singing scales. um, Actually warming up before singing. Relaxing your throat. This is like regular stuff that every teacher will tell you. But this is actually what's working. And this is something that's going to build up your technique and your vocal cords, your stamina, to make your throat so strong that you can use it nonstop.
0: If you want good technique, come to Voxing Academy. We have a couple of teachers that are working. Ryan works five days a week, and Emily works six days a week. Um, and you know, technique is is most important. And I always, you know, duty of care for all of my students uh, is very very important. Um, I had a um, a student of mine last year, Natalia. Um, Jake, he's in a band called In Hearts Wake, and they pretty much toured for nine months of last year. So it was a really good case study. Um, and he's uh, he's the dirty singer in the band. I teach Kyle as well too. He we also teaches. He does the clean vocals in yeah. the band. Um, but they pretty much toured for nearly nine months of last year, and his voice was fine through it. And they were doing meet and greets before and after every show as well too. Um, so a lot of a lot of speaking. Yeah. Um, but Jake was really limiting that. So. We we just we're touching on. Let's just talk about technique because ultimately we don't want people to develop nodules. I've never had nodules, and none of my students have ever had nodules, um, especially any of my big signed people that are signed to major label recording contracts. Um, and the main point that I always say to all of my students, doesn't matter how old they are, is, is we give them proper warm up techniques. Which are a more gentle type of scale before we actually go into full bodied scales. So we would use the Ung exercise, yeah. uh, which is like yoga for your voice done in one tenth of your normal volume. Again, you can check out all of these. Um, I have the videos for all of these on the Five Minute Singer Ask Vox Singing Academy YouTube channel, guys. So have a look at the playlist there. I've got numerous warm up exercises. Um, on there <clears throat> and so warming up is very very important so technique is very important and gradually warming up your voice then I go into it generally uh, an unwarmer a wee falsetto and then just a lighter scale after that and then go into your harder or higher or heavier scales building it up so that might be five or ten or fifteen minutes into your scales workout And the way that you develop strength and stamina is by continually doing scales most days of the week. Your voice is a muscle, it's like going to the gym and lifting weights. So that's how it's gonna develop strength and stamina so you can sing for longer and higher uh, periods of time. The big thing, the motor and the support mechanism for the vocal cords is the diaphragm. So you can be doing scales till till, uh, the cows come home, but if you're not supporting properly, Um, with your diaphragm, you're gonna wear your voice out. Um, so proper diaphragmatic breathing. Again, I've got numerous YouTube clips that you can check out about how to properly diaphragmatically breathe. That's the number one point. Secondly is warming up properly. Thirdly is doing scales and singing continually so that your voice all, almost goes into, um, it all, goes into automatic pilot. There are songs that I can just sing in scales, scales I can just sing and that it just, it just happened. I can do them in my sleep and that's how you want to tour, basically. Bands want to tour, you want to be an automatic pilot, so you just go up there, you do the same warm up, do the same thing every night, yeah. um, continually and consistently with great technique. That's really the main point. We, we don't want students or anyone ever to develop nodules. Uh, and you don't just have to be a singer to develop nodules. I was reading that um, Anthony Robbins, the very famous motivational speaker, um, you can see him, he actually does scales uh, on one of his one of his um, movies that he's got, he, he does scales. Um, but I know that with a lot of my rehabilitation, most of my rehabilitation has been with people that haven't been singers. Um, at least three quarters of them. Bartenders are a big one.
1: Yeah, telemarketers.
0: Telemarketers, lecturers, yeah. coaches, <laughs> judges, auctioneers. Oh yeah, auctioneers. <laughs> So these are people but mainly bartenders. Yeah. Speaking over loud music, like, wait, what do you want? So that's that's a really, a really big one. So and just even pulling it back further from that, one of the biggest probably destroyers of, of young voices that I see is that you know young young students going out, pouring vats about the over their vocal cords and they don't think that they do it, but by the end of the night, you're screaming and yelling, you're doing this, and you're doing this for four, five, six hours. You go home, you're like, they'll wake up like this in the morning. Um, and that's one of the biggest, biggest destroyers of voices right there. So just yeah. really, um, you know, gauging your voice. I have a student, um, Alex, and she's just, just got signed for a unified record. She's in a band called Drown This City. And, you know, Alex has a really hard time going out. She just has to monitor how much she speaks. And how she speaks to people because her voice wears out very quickly yes. uh, by speaking over, and that ha- that happens to everyone, happens to me as well too. Yeah,
1: I agree. I actually I had a big problem because my voice used to be extremely sensitive, and it would wear out very quickly. I think uh, even a while ago, a year ago or so, I asked you what to do with that, and nowadays I've noticed it's actually really strong. Mm. Like I don't go out that much, and uh, and I don't wear out my voice. But I think it's strengthened with the techniques and diaphragm Mm. and scales. Mm. Um, So the thing that, you know, sometimes you have to go because it's your best friend's birthday. And you go there and you spend even three hours or so, you have one drink, it's not much. But I know that after that I would feel effects the next day in my voice already, because my voice was very sensitive. Now, nothing. It gets better. Again, well, in my case, no. no like that's
0: you know that that, that that is you know that is correct. You know when I'm going out, I monitor how much I'm speaking, how I'm speaking, how I'm supporting, um, and you know if my voice starts to you know fatigue you know I get very close to people so if it's a loud music yes. I, I speak like this like that and, this, and then I just I say very conscious. So, <laughs> and uh, then they just look at you like you yeah some people yeah definitely they. some people but that's the way that I want to do it if I don't want to wear my voice out, because you know my my voice has been my my whole life so um, you know I don't want to damage it or hurt it so so that's really prevention um, you know taking care of your voice I think articulation is a big one as well too because you can do everything if you're doing this and pushing sounds to a small sound, like that, a small girth, you can hurt your voice. So even if you're speaking, articulating, getting your mouth working, letting the la, the sounds just flow out, but more so with your singing. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, technique, practice, practicing your songs, and building up your workout. So. Extending the length of time that you do scales, extending the length of time that you sing songs. And all of my guys that to generally I say if you're if you gotta do an hour headline show, generally we're rehearsing for an hour and a half. Yeah. So that we've got more. We know we can do more than that. Yes. And an hour is a breeze. So that's what we generally do and that would be generally a half an hour of scales and then the full set a half an, uh, an hour. Yeah. Um, that's generally what we do. But I even do more with my guys, I say look, you know, do, do an hour and a half worth of singing and 45 minutes worth of scales building it up and then before they tour, I actually bring them down about a week beforehand, a week and a half beforehand so that their voice is kind of rested and ready to go and then they start the tour. That's generally what I do. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just very quickly talk talk about um, the, re, the rehab process here that I've dealt with with people here in Australia. Um, there are two ways that we generally do, uh, if you've got nodules here in Australia, if you've got acute nodules, big nodules, and you want to get back up and running as quickly as we can, generally you would go and have an operation where they would laser the nodule off. So they go in with a laser. It's a very safe operation now. They go through and it also cauterizes it. So when they cut the nodule off, it also seals it up uh, because they go through with a laser. Um, But still, you have to have rest after that. It's generally about two weeks of no vocalizing period. Uh, and then you would start some speech pathology uh, and, and some singing lessons after that. Um, again, starting just with really light warm-ups. Speaking firstly is the first thing that we go, go into, getting the speaking going, speaking melodically, and then we basically build it up from there. Um, again, after the after the ENT has given them the all clear, generally after two to three weeks, to start. Speaking again, and then starting rehab straight away. So that's the quickest way to get going. The other way um, is to not speak or sing, and let the nodule or the or the callus go down by itself, uh, which can be a long time. So generally, you would want to stop speaking for at least two weeks to let it let the let the swelling go down. Then start speaking again, see whether that irritates it, um, and then you want to go and get have a look. Uh, get an ENT to have a look to see whether it's completely gone down because you can't start rehab until it's completely gone down. The big thing, and that's what happened with you as well too, is that even if I don't, and I don't work in the garden, let me tell you that, even when I, I, if you don't work in the garden and you've got no calluses on your hands, these can develop pretty quickly. If you go back and work in the garden, you can develop them in three or four days and same thing with your vocal cords, exactly the same thing can happen. So if you've already had them, your, your, um, you've got an increased um, chance of Reoccurrence again if you've already had them yeah okay so the big thing is prevention guys you don't want these I've luckily enough never had them um, and you know there are days when I was teaching six days a week um, but I, and I've never had them and I just I tell all my students I teach you the same technique that I used to, to sing all day long and teach all day long I'm gonna teach you the same technique as well too so um, that's the uh, they're, they're the two the two ways to basically get rid of nodules uh, one is the, the quicker way, and probably I nearly recommend the operation because when it's done, um, you, it that actually lessens your chance of them reoccurring again because it's quarterized uh, and and um, you nearly get a, a fresh set of vocal cords there. So that's really the main thing. With a hemorrhage, you're going to have to wait till it heals up and. Um, you know, I have had, um, I have seen a hemorrhage vocal cord and you know, where one, one cord is nearly stiff because it's healed up and the other one is, is fluent. So, um, you know, they've actually got a missing part of their vo- their, their, their vocal cords. Uh, as well, too, actually, a person that I know that's got a major label recording contract has uh, has has got that and developed that. They're over it now; they can sing around that particular area of their voice. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've worked with them extensively to sing around that part of their voice. Again, they didn't develop it while they're under my supervision; they developed it before I was uh, I was with them. But I think that pretty much sort of wraps it up. Natalia, is there anything else that you want to add?
1: Um, I was just thinking, so we recommended you to think about your diaphragm when you're singing to use, use the scales to warm up and all of this stuff, but when you do it, do it mindfully, don't go like, okay, I'm going to do my half an hour scale and just stand and just sing the scale, uh, all of the scales and just marking them, just really be their qualities over quantity with these exercises, so always be very mindful of what you're singing, what your mouth should be like. Is your diaphragm activated, even when you're doing the scales?
0: Look, when I do rehab, I, I tell my students when they're doing rehab exactly how long they have to do the scale for and sing for, the exact precise times. And then if it's, they're feeling tired or fatigue, they have to drop it and stop and, and contact me. So um, it's slowly but surely building it back up. Yeah, just be positive because um, you know you can, with right technique, get, get your vocal cords back. Um, you can Google um, on YouTube, oh, just Google anywhere, not on YouTube, but you can Google um, the famous people that have had nodules and...
1: this uh, is endless. Well this is
0: endless, Celine Dion, Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston said she, uh, sorry, Mariah Carey actually said she always had them and she just sung around them, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was reading um, the, the list here, all of the big, the big artists have, have developed them um, in some way, shape or form, so um, just take care of your vocal cords and yeah... Um, If you have any questions regarding this, please always let us know if we could ever help you out as well too, Um, you know, definitely get in contact with Voxing Academy. Um, I am an expert in this and helping people through these different situations, and so was Natalia, because Natalia has been there and done that, so she will tell you exactly what to do um, to get your voice up and going. But as I said, prevention is better than the cure, so please take care of your voice, uh, and if you're unsure and getting some fatigue, go and and get some expert uh, advice and some expert tuition. Signing off. Thanks Natalia for coming in. Have a great week and we will uh, check in next week. Okay, bye for now.